Thanks for tuning into the Marlon Benjamin Podcast. We believe that God is raising up a generation that's equipped to demonstrate his power to a lost world. And we're determined to be a part of that generation. Now, here's your host, Evangelist Marlon Benjamin. This is something I've noticed in almost two years of ministry. And something that I've seen that just kills people's purposes time and time again. And I notice it a lot on people my age and younger who have a desire to go into the ministry. You have a young person who has the call of God on their life and now starting to walk that out and probably getting ready to go into Bible college or somebody who just came out of Bible college and is making their way and trying to start their ministry or whatever, making steps to fulfill that calling. And naturally what begins to happen is that person will probably tell people about the moves they're going to make or people start to see that they're making moves in that direction. And what happens? People try to put in their two cents or their unsolicited advice. And most of the times, the advice is always to back off of that calling, to not do things that way, to go about it a different way. Because a lot of people don't understand planning your life based off of an instruction from God. People don't get that because naturally in the world, you go to school for how many years, then you pick your career, then you go to college or university or what have you for that, and you build your life based on what you want. But as believers, we can't just solely be like, I want to do this, I want to do that, and I'm going to go down that career path because it seems nice. We have to make sure that we're building our life based off of the will of God. And that we find out what we've been placed on this earth to do by God. What is our purpose? What has God placed us here to accomplish? And sometimes that may take us down an unconventional route. When God promised Abraham that his descendants would be like the stars of the sky, he had no kids of his own. And he was old and his wife couldn't have any children. She was barren. But the Bible says that Abraham still... In the midst of that, thinking about all this stuff and seeing that his body was dead, the Bible said, and seeing that he couldn't have kids, he still believed God. And the Bible says that it was counted to him as righteousness. And look what happened. When when the time came, he had Isaac. But here's the thing. When God promised that to Abraham, Sarah didn't think that could happen. And what did she end up doing? She took issue with it. I'm old. You know, I ain't never had kids before, and God's telling me I'm about to be the mother of many nations. My womb is closed. I'm barren. I ain't never had kids before. Abraham is old, too. His body's just as good as dead. So I think God kind of missed it. So let me just kind of change this up a little bit and still get this promise out. And what did she end up doing? She ended up making Abraham sleep with her servant, Hagar. And out of that, Ishmael was born and that caused its own set of problems. So you have to understand if God gives you an instruction or if God gives you a command and tells you to walk a certain way, walk that way and don't make amends for any reason. When you begin to launch out into the thing that God has called you to do, there will be people that it won't make sense to. And they will try to get you to make amends. And not all those people are bad. Not all those people are devils. But people like to operate in their mind. And when God gave you that purpose, he didn't consult your mind. All right? God doesn't operate 
in the realm of the human mind. But people always try to make God's commands and God's instructions make sense in their human mind. When it's something you're not supposed to grasp with your mind, but you're supposed to grasp it with your spirit. So God, a lot of times when he leads you in a certain direction or gives you an instruction or shows you your purpose, it's not going to make sense to your mind. And it's something you're going to have to walk out by faith and walk out by the spirit and not make changes for any reason. So the biggest purpose killer I see that you have to guard yourself against is letting other voices shape that purpose. And there's a scripture that immediately comes to mind and it's found in 1 Kings 13. And this is a story of a prophet who God gave a specific instruction to and sent him to go fulfill a specific purpose. But he let the voice of man make make him make changes to that command and it ended up really bad for him so let me read it first kings 13 and let me start at verse 11 now an old prophet lived in bethel and his sons came and told him all that the man of god had done that day in bethel they also told their father the words that he had spoken to the king and their father said to them which way did he go and his son showed him the way that the man of god who came from judah had gone and he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, verse 15, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall not either eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way you came. And he said to him, I am also a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. Verse 19. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Let me pause right there. Watch what's happening here. So God sends this prophet. If you don't know the story, God sent the prophet to Bethel to give a word to the king. And he specifically commanded him, as you go there, give the word to the king and don't stop along the way. Don't stop to eat anything. Don't stop to drink anything. And don't go home the same way that you came. So as he's traveling back, another prophet who's older hears about him and hears what he did that day. And he sets out to find him. So when this older prophet finds the younger prophet, he invites him back to his house to go eat with him. But the younger prophet got a word from the Lord that told him not to eat, not to stop, not to drink anything. But this older prophet then tells him, well, I'm actually a man of God just like you. I'm also a prophet just like you. And an angel spoke to me and told me that you got to come home and eat with me. So the younger prophet is like, well, this guy's a man of God. He's just like me. And he claims that an angel spoke to him and said that I have to come. So maybe God is telling me to go back with him. And he goes back to his house and goes to eat with him. So let me read on. Verse 20. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, thus says the Lord, 
Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not, your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. Verse 23, and after he had eaten the bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. So this young prophet ends up dying because he let the voice of man shape his destiny rather than the voice of God. And this is the thing you have to watch out for as you're walking out your God-given purpose or as you're walking out an instruction that God gave you. There will always be people that will come to try to get you to change your direction or to modify your instruction. And you have to make sure that you don't let the voice of man dictate what you're supposed to do. Do not let any voice other than God dictate where you're supposed to go. If God gave you an instruction, God is the only one that's allowed to change that instruction, not people. And I'm telling you that happens a lot. And that is what kills people's purposes because they start doing things that God never told them to do. They start going in a direction that God never told them to go and it just ends up bad for them because they're off the path. I remember when I first launched out into ministry, Actually, let me go back further than that. When I first got called into ministry and when I went to Bible college, I had people that didn't understand what I was doing. I had people that tried to give me different ways to go about this because you're a little Canadian, you're 17 years old, you just finished high school and you're saying that God is calling you to go to school in the States in a state you've never been in before. Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. So I had people that tried to tell me, well, you know, there's, you know, better Bible colleges in Canada, you know, there's a lot of colleges in Canada you could go to for cheaper. So you don't have to waste a lot of money. And it's not really a good time uh, where you're going right now. So maybe you should just stay up here. But I wasn't led to go to school in Canada. God was leading me to a specific school in a specific state. And that's where I was going to go. And I had the opportunity to listen to people and be like, you know, yeah, you know, Bible colleges are Bible colleges. I could find a good one up here. And I would have been out the will of the Lord. And who knows where I would have been today because I didn't go where God told me to go. And I let the voice of man shape my purpose rather than let God shape my purpose. So I got through Bible college, but then I had this same issue come up again when I started this ministry. Because people thought it was an unfavorable time to start a ministry. And I actually had somebody tell me one time that because of what's going on in the world and what's been happening since last year, you know, people aren't really launching ministries anymore. It's not a smart move to launch a ministry. But because I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt where God was calling me and where God was leading me, I didn't let people's opinions and people's voices and people's logic tell me where to go. Because that would have caused problems for me. Because as I said earlier, people work out of their logic. But they don't see how God sees. And God knows more than people do. So if God is leading you somewhere, you can be sure that he's going to lead you in a path that's going to bless you. In a path that's going to make you successful. 
You'll never have to worry about all the things that people worry about when you're following God's instructions and God's commands for your life because he already took that into account and he has that stuff already worked out and dealt with. So when you do something or when God is leading you down a path that may not make sense to humans, it may not make sense to them, but guess what? You can be sure that it will all work out and continue to follow that path and don't change your instructions for any reason. Don't make any modifications for any reason. God told Joshua in, I think it's Joshua 1 and around verse 7, he told him to be strong and courageous. And then he said, obey all the instructions that you were given and do not deviate from them. Don't turn in the left, don't turn to the right, and if you do that, you'll be successful in everything you do. That's what you have to take as yours today, that if you follow all the instructions that you have been given by God, and you don't deviate from them for any reason, you will be successful in everything that you do. If God has given you a specific instruction and people are telling you that you should modify it or your mind, even your mind is telling you that you should modify it for whatever reason, do not deviate from the instruction that you have been given. Do not deviate off of the path that God has set you on. And if you don't deviate and you stay on that path, you will be successful in everything that you do. This is one of the biggest reasons why people don't fulfill their callings or walk out their purposes. And let me drive this point home actually too. Because this is the reason why you cannot listen to any other voice but God. Because any voice that tries to make you doubt God's commands or God's instructions is demonic. I'll say it again. Any voice that tries to make you doubt the commands of God or the instructions of God is demonic. Let me give you an example. Go to Genesis 3. Verse 1 to 5. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and God told them, you can eat from all the other trees except for one. Don't touch that tree. Don't eat from it. Leave it alone. And what happened? The serpent came to Eve and what did he say? Verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Verse 2. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat from it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Stop right there. God gave them a command. What was their instruction? You shouldn't eat from the tree or even touch it. And if you do, you'll die. And what did the serpent say? Did God really say that? Did God really say that you can't eat from the trees in the garden? And she said, yes, God gave us that instruction. And after she told him what the instruction was, what did he say? Verse 4. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. That's how the enemy acts. That's how the devil acts. He tries to sow seeds of doubt into you, to doubt what God said, to doubt the commands of God, to doubt what he's told you specifically to do. Hath God said, did God really say that? 
Yes, he did. And I'm not changing for any reason. I'm not going to listen to any other voice but him. If he told me not to touch the tree, I ain't touching it. If he told me not to walk there, I ain't walking there. So that's how the enemy acts. He's the one that sows seeds of doubt. He's the one that tries to make you shift instructions and go different ways and disobey the commands of God. Let me give you another example. Go to Matthew 16. Verse 21, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious laws. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. And what did Jesus say? Verse 23, get thee behind me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Let me read that last verse again. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. That's the problem, as I said earlier. People are seeing things from their view, a human point of view, and not God's. And it is the enemy that sows seeds like that. Jesus knew his mission. Jesus knew he was coming to earth to die for the sins of the world and pave the way for people to be saved. But Peter said, oh, nah, God, we don't want that to happen. What are you talking about? You're going to go die and get raised from the dead. We ain't trying to have you die. You're supposed to be here to set up your kingdom. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're going to overthrow all the kingdoms of the world and take it over. And Jesus, his mission at the time wasn't to do that yet. His mission at the time was to open up the way of redemption. And when Peter said that to him, he didn't take it lightly. And look how Jesus responds to him. He said, get away from me, Satan, because he knew it was something inspired of the devil. And Jesus vehemently opposed that and did not make any room for those words to come. He didn't make any, he didn't receive those words one bit. It was the devil's plan to stop Jesus from fulfilling his mission. When Jesus was born, Herod sent out a decree and said, kill all the male children under two years of age. Then when Jesus grew up, the enemy tried to tempt him in the wilderness while he was on a fast, trying to get him to sin and not being able to fulfill his mission. Then when he started talking that he was going to die, Peter tried to talk him out of fulfilling his mission. But when the enemy came, Jesus opposed it heavily. That's how you should be. Anytime somebody tries to tell you to do something that goes against what God has spoken to you. Anytime an old prophet tries to tell you to go a different way and disobey the instruction that God gave you. Oppose it heavily. Because it is the enemy working to try to get you off of the right path. It's the enemy using people trying to mess you up and trying to get you to disobey God's commands. But you won't do that in the name of Jesus. I won't do that in the name of Jesus. Let me give you two characteristics of, of demonic voices. And let me say, let, let me say this first of all. Not everybody that acts this way is a devil. 
Because I know when people, like when young ministers that are called by God go to Bible college, a lot of times their families are the ones that are trying to get them to, you know, stay back and don't do that and modify their instruction. And they're not devils. A lot of times your family just has your best interests at heart and they don't want you to destroy your life. They don't want you in how many years to have a career that's not successful. But as I said, people operate out of their mind and the enemy will capitalize off of this. But these people are not inherently demons. So don't go through your house starting to cast the devil out of somebody because that's not the case a lot of the times. But let me give you two characteristics of the voices that the devil will send to you. The voices that the enemy will send will, number one, cause you to doubt or will try to get you to doubt. As I read earlier in the third chapter of Genesis, when the devil came to Eve, he tried to get her to doubt God's commands. God told them not to eat from the tree. And what did the enemy say? Did God really say that? Actually, God wants you not to eat from the tree because he don't want you to become just like him. And if you eat from the tree, you'll know good and evil just like him. People tell you not to make that certain move because it's not a favorable time. And then you start doubting whether or not you're going to succeed. Then thoughts of failure start to come into your mind and then you back off. That's what the enemy does. He tries to sow seeds of doubt so that you won't follow the commands of God. So that's the first thing his voice does. But the second thing, the second characteristic of demonic voices, what they do is they try to get you to deviate off of the path that God has placed you on. As I told you, God told Joshua earlier, he said, don't turn to the left or the right and don't deviate off the path that you're on and you'll stay and you'll be successful in everything that you do. Let me also give you another example of this. Go to 1 Samuel 13. Now here, King Saul gets the kingdom stripped from him because he disobeys a command from God. Uh, Let me start at verse 7. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal and his men were trembling with fear. He's in the middle of a battle right here. Verse 8. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmas ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Verse 13. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command that the Lord had gave you. Had you had kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of the people because you have not kept the Lord's commands. So God gave Saul a command through Samuel. Samuel said, wait for me, I'm coming. And when I come, we'll offer the offerings together. So Saul waited seven days and Samuel wasn't coming. He didn't show up. 
So because he saw his troops in the middle of this battle start to slip away and Salmon hadn't been there yet, he decided, well, you know what? I'm going to go offer these offerings by myself, which was wrong because number one, he disobeyed the command of God. And number two, it wasn't his place to do that. Only the priest could offer those offerings. And he stepped into the office of the priest to do that. So watch, he says in verse nine, he said, bring me the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. He disobeyed the command of God and deviated off of the path that God had placed him on. And because he did that, he lost the kingdom. This is what the enemy wants you to do. He tries to sow seeds, number one, to get you to doubt. And then he sows seeds, number two, to get you to deviate. Because Saul felt like it was the right thing to do. He said he felt compelled to do it because Samuel was taking too long and his men were dying. So he decided to do the offerings himself. But God never told him to do that. And therefore, he lost the kingdom. Do not be like Saul. And do not give in to these voices of the enemy that try to get you to doubt and deviate. If any voice, if any person tries to tell you while you're walking out your purpose or while you're obeying God's commands for your life and God's instructions. If any person or any voice tries to tell you something that causes you to doubt God's commands or causes you to deviate away from God's commands, it is not God. It is from the enemy and is set for your destruction. And you need to resist it just like Jesus did. Resist it vehemently. Do not give it any place. And when you do that, you will not go down the path that many people sadly have gone down. You will be successful because you determined in your heart that I'm going to follow God's commands to a T and not make modifications for any reason. I'm not going to listen to the voice of the enemy over the voice of God. I'm only going to listen to the voice of God and he's going to lead me. That's what you have to determine in your heart today, that I'm only going to let the voice of the Lord lead me. I'm not going to let the voice of man lead me. I'm not going to let the voice of the enemy lead me. And I'm not going to give in to the enemy's attempts to sow seeds of doubt and cause me to deviate. I won't do it in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you quickly and then I'm done. Father, I thank you for every single person that has come across this podcast. And I thank you today that you have called them for a great purpose. I thank you, Lord, that you have called them to accomplish great things in this life. And God, first of all, if they don't know what they are called to or what you have placed them on the earth to do, I thank you, Lord, that as they seek you, you will begin to show them where you have called them and they'll begin to know in their spirit what they have been placed on this earth to do for you. Now, God, I thank you today in the name of Jesus that every single voice that may speak to them and may come to them from the enemy trying to get them to deviate away from what you have instructed them to do. I thank you, Lord, that those voices are silenced today in the name of Jesus. We will not deviate off of the path that you have placed us on. We will not deviate from what you have instructed us to do. But as we stay on that path, 
We will be like Joshua and be successful in everything that we do. We won't turn to the left or the right. And as we do that, we will begin to see fruitfulness in our life. We'll begin to see productivity in our life in the name of Jesus. For every single minister like myself, young minister like myself, that may have stumbled upon this podcast, I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that every single voice that may speak to them, trying to get them to back off of the ministry or back off of what you called them to do, those voices are silenced in the name of Jesus. Every single voice that's trying to make them stop and make them back off and make them just be a regular degler minister. Those voices are silenced in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they will accomplish great exploits for your kingdom in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you're raising up a generation of preachers that are not just conventional. They're not just regular degler preachers, but they are preachers that carry the fire of the Holy Spirit and will do great and mighty things for your kingdom. Even greater things that we have never seen before in Jesus name. And I thank you that your word says that everything the righteous put their hand to will prosper. So I thank you, Lord, that that is our portion today in the name of Jesus. We will prosper in everything that we do. And I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for it. And I thank you, Lord, in advance that is done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and online at marlinbenjamin.net. If you would also like to support the podcast or stand with us as we begin to take the gospel to this generation, go to marlinbenjamin.net and click Give Now. God blesses those who support His kingdom, and we're believing that you won't be an exception.